You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or a battery for your trail camera or a specialized battery for your range finder or a crazy toy that you bought for your kids, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. Stop into a local Interstate Battery retail store, talk with a specialist, get the battery that you need, and go on about your day. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt die this is your number one resource for all things land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy and rural real estate this is the podcast for you all right guys welcome back land and legacy podcast here we are it's not dark out. It's we're not dark. We're actually, we're actually yeah. getting to this at a very comfortable time of the day. we got beautiful weather today. It's probably, what, 76, 78, yeah, maybe? Like nice that. little breeze. A it's little bit of a haze or cloud fantastic. cover. It, it's one of those that this is what I think of, like, when I select a, a time to go hunting uh, during the early part of Missouri season, it's like, I want an evening like this. Oh, totally, totally. Where... It might be a little warm walking in, but once I get in, I cool down. It's, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. We're not having to worry about like the last ten minutes of of daylight. That's when all the deer go show up. It's a trickling effect. It's uh, a beautiful, let's say, evening sit. That's when they're going to move, and that's what we're sitting in today. But guess what? Season starts <laughs> when this podcast drops. Day, it will be the day of the yeah. day of opening so happy yeah. opening day here in missouri yeah i know there's there's several states definitely have opened up i've seen quite a few big deer um getting killed and and congrats to all those guys out there and girls being successful i saw a giant out of kansas get killed quite a few out of kentucky yeah. um so yeah it's uh definitely definitely a cool cool time of the year i'm excited i am too i honestly i'm excited just got back from the trip to Virginia, from Virginia and Maryland working, and it's like, oh, got back, a couple good nights of rest, and I'm just kind of ready to just get in the tree. Yeah. And just for it just to be quiet for a little bit, you know, I'm sure, I know your house has been extremely loud and busy, and go get this, clean up that, kids yeah. running around, which has been fantastic. I know you've enjoyed it, but at the same time... You're probably looking forward to just a quiet day Night. hung in the saddle and just sitting there. You know, typically, and I'm not, uh, I'll just be as honest as I can. In the past, I found myself on my phone a lot in a tree stand. Mm-hmm. And for, for you know, a long list of reasons. But um, on my phone this fall, I, I can find myself probably going, okay. Phone away, oh, yes. and just maybe you know I wouldn't. Uh, I hope she I don't could sound listen. like a jerk here, <laughs> but maybe what 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 tree stand location do I have that doesn't have cell service? Yeah. that's the one I want. Yep. Um, but then again, I, I probably won't be on my phone a lot this fall. I, I hope not because I I'm looking forward to a kind of a, an exhale hunt where I can just sit and <sighs> but then again I'm also a little um, I don't know how much I'll share here but uh, and I don't even know you've been gone but I'm we're gonna have to make a return trip to St. Mm-hmm. Louis uh, for yep. uh, a post op post operation my my youngest daughter that I just shared about a couple weeks ago 
There goes a jet flying yep. overhead. <clears throat> she had to have surgery, so this past week um, we were in St. Louis for that. Everything's great, but it's going to require another another uh, trip to St. Louis here in the next month that I'm going to have to take my older okay. daughter, and so uh, that's going to hit sometime in October. So I really don't know what my fall is going to look like as far as the amount of hunting I'll do. Um, I'm going to try to sneak in in between everything. Uh, we have not booked a whole lot of consults uh, into this fall. Um, well, and, and it's like, and for the for the, re- the we didn't book them because we pushed them into January, February, to where we'd have some time, da- some downtime. Yeah, I mean, because because when it comes down to, it and everyone knows <laughs> our, our feelings and thoughts about it, and yeah, you've got stuff. Your uh, family, family, uh, obviously, is, is super important. My wife and I were dealing with stuff. It's like you know what, I'm just. I'm ready to have that, like, just quiet time. Like, it's just, it's not even about being out there to to have the chance to harvest a deer or be successful. It's just a chance to slow down some and decompress, but also just ponder everything that's either going on with Land of Legacy yeah. and then everything else just... A family, and it's like there's there's so much. Like if you don't take time, I think, not selfishly, but for yourself, that's time. You can just become, obviously, inundated. I feel like that's well, we don't want to become a slave to our, to our own like our own business. Yeah. that's the thing I don't <clears throat> well, like, worry about. I you know there's there's just a lot of things in life that take time, um, and and uh, I don't know. It's just you, you sometimes you got to make a little bit of time for yourself to absorb all of it yeah. and um, reflect. I, yeah. think, I think a lot of people don't take time to just reflect. And, you know, if they are in the tree stand, maybe it is. They're they're on the phone too much. They're um, trying to... They're worried too much about punching tags. Yeah. But yeah. That, that reflection time is super, super valuable. Yeah. Super valuable. So deer scene's opening up. And, uh, you know, we did this last year towards the tail end of season or right after season closed, but we kind of wanted to update you guys and bring to you some of the new gear that we're using this fall (coughs) um, and talk a little bit about why we chose it. Um, And as you guys know, as we we get into hunting season, we're not, since we do two podcasts a week, it's not going to be two Habitat podcasts every single week because we're trying to keep it uh relevant where we're where we're talking about um lively things that we're actually doing and everybody's doing this listening to this podcast most of us are hunting so we are you mean um, herd managing herd managing (laughs) yeah and so uh we're just going to go through a list of some a lot of the new products that we're trying the new gear we're trying and testing and then uh, why we chose that or why we're excited to use it. And then we'll talk about some of the oldest stuff to give you guys an update because we do get asked a lot about these different things that we use. And so, well, and that's the thing. It's like mo- most of these things that we're going to talk about there, there's, there's zero money exchange or whatever. This is just, yeah. Hey, I want to try this stuff. I want to, I want to get out there and see, see what the buzz is about. See if I can, um, maybe have some success or, or have some reviews to be able to share with people because at the end of the day, everyone wants to go out and have quality stuff that they use. So the only way to really try it. Not only that, but they it. want to avoid paying, yeah, buying yeah. something and say, yikes, I should have right, not bought right. that. So and, uh, that, that's what the purpose of this is. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, man, uh, when it comes to the product, you said it like, I'm looking at the list and I'm going, okay, there's only really one contract or one partner, official partner in this list of things. Yeah. Um, and, and that has a kind of a, there's a lot of backstory and why we, why we went through with that. So most of this stuff is no contract, no agreement, no paid promotion. No. Just what we wanted to use because... Uh, I know there's a lot of different people from different companies and things that, that listen to this podcast. And it's like, if you guys follow, we got us this question last week. Uh, we've shared a lot of trail cam videos and photos in the last two months as we've really got more and more cameras out and gotten more serious about getting them out. 
And so I think you've seen Bushnell videos, Bushnell photos, Cuddyback photos, Radix hunting uh, videos, stealth videos. You said hunting videos, trail camera videos. Well, Radix hunting is the official okay. name. Yeah, right, right, Radix, right. Radix camera. uh, cameras. Yep. Um, so those, I think that's, that's it. Exodus? Yeah, and we sh- yeah. Uh, sh- shared some Exodus videos. So I think that's six different companies, and we don't have a contract with any of them. We're dealers for one of them, uh, maybe trying to get dealers for the other one. So basically we show you guys, and so there's so many different types of trail cameras out there that we use and that you guys use that we feel a little bit obligated to make sure we don't get confined into only using one. And uh, that's the best, the only option. Yeah, there's lots of because we love and we'll devote a whole podcast to trail cameras sometime this fall. But we we love the Cuddy Link system, but there's not a great video system with that. And so we love finding better trail cameras for videos. And that's where we're running Radix and we're test or we're testing Radix. We're testing Stealth. We're testing Exodus. We've tested Browning till it got stolen. Um, and so, and we like, so far, we like all those, some more than others, but, um, we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to cover that one. In another, in we'll another cover podcast. that, but that's kind of how this whole product comes about is there's all kinds of different ones and we're going to start going through some of the new products yeah. that we're excited to try. And one of the first one, the first one at the top of the list is a little bit gimmicky to some guys. Yeah. Um, and we, I'm trying to think the first year I ever used one of these would have been probably like 2013. 13, I think. Or 2000, yeah, 2013, 2014, yeah. somewhere in there. And we used it for a couple of years and then used it, didn't use it for a year, and, and then and used, it was, it, used the newest version the next year. Yeah. And then. Uh, and it was very like, oh, let's take it this time. It, it was never like, a, I, mean, I really want to to test this thing as diligently as possible. We, we hunted in different scenarios, you know, blinds, tree stands, lower humidity areas versus high humidity, humidity areas, uh, topography areas versus relatively flat, like tried. But at the end of the, t- at the end of the day, I think even back then it was like, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? And it was like yeah. nothing quite definitive, but we're kind of trying to and solve then we, that. And then we, but we used it one fall in Kansas and when we used it in Kansas, it was like I really am starting to believe that it works. I, there, were, there was enough and, and interactions. My brother is a lot bigger believer in it than we are because he saw some things where it was yep. like, hands down, it worked. Right, and that right, was right. backpack. Uh, the guy he was hunting with um, had a backpack that that he was like, I don't know if he's using scent control as well on that backpack as he is everything else. He's like, I can smell it when we're walking in. And when the when this product was running, deer were like, eh, they smelled something, but not really. And then when it, it wasn't like the, a spooking run, when go. the battery died and the next deer walked down, it was like deer were blowing out of there. And he's like, there was definitely a difference between there was an on and not on. Hmm. So anyway, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's the Ozonics. Um, yeah. Ozonics uh, generator um, that we're using, that we're testing. In, in the field. In the stand or blind ozone yeah. deal, and yeah. and I feel like yeah that was ozone not, not is very gimmicky to a lot of people. Yeah, not not that time changes observations, but but it's been a while. I mean that was it's twenty twenty now, right? Like yeah. that that's been that's been several years, several hundred. Totally different unit now. In, yep, totally different outputs, different modes, all this different stuff. So it's like you know what, that gummit, let's try it because there's a lot of there's a lot of that. Um, back and forth that people can get into debate wise what what their experiences have shown and and I think ultimately I guess what would be helpful is to say maybe what it is we're expecting out of it or hoping yeah. for because I don't think I don't I wouldn't go into it and say okay I've got my ozone up I'm not expecting for it to be 100% bulletproof like I'm sitting wherever I want like yeah. I know that there's to everything. Forget the wind. Just <laughs> yeah. hunt. What wind? Yeah. I didn't ever check it. But it's like I'm not going into it expecting, you know, hey, I can just throw caution to the wind and go wherever I want. But it's a this product I'm I'm hoping I know it has its limitations, but 
under those limitations, I'd like for it to do X. Yeah. And I'd like for it to say, when the wind dies, um, it's a little drifty, it covers me a little bit better. Or, or um, you know, I, 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 can, I can get away with, like, that slight change in wind that just blows for maybe three minutes and then it switches back to where it should be. Yeah. That kind of situation where I, I, I would hope that maybe being up there, I'd get away with any busting deer that wind direction. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. For, for the guys that are not sure on the cost of if it's worth it or not, it's one of those that, like, as you – should I buy this gear? Should I buy that gear? Should I buy this or that? Uh, when it comes to scent control, the only uh, – a quick 30,000-foot view or I guess a quick run-through of how my scent control goes, I shower in, in like, scent-free shampoo, soap, body wash before the hunt. And then I keep my clothes in a tote, in a bag, in an airproof uh, container – and that stays in there. I don't ever wear my clothes to and from a gas station or whatever. Like it stays in there. I drive to the to the farm in regular street clothes, and then when I go to the spot, when I'm getting out of the truck, that's where I change. Yeah. Yep. I don't spray down. No. I do not believe in spraying down uh, yet or in the future. I haven't found a product that I felt like, yeah, that, that really makes it. I feel like wet clothes smell more than dry clothes. hundred percent do. And especially now that we're wearing first light and it's wool, a uh, wool base, like wool smells a lot more when it's, when it's wet than when it's dry. We all know that more humid days, your scent your ability is to much scent. stronger than, yeah. than dry days. I don't want to add moisture to any outfit that I'm wearing to no. make sweating is yeah. bad so i'm trying to stay as dry and cool as possible and so and there's no way a field spray is going to cover every portion of your no, body period any no. droplet wise it's and i i don't like feel that. like it even helps me 20% more because i'm adding so much more s- smell to myself by wetting myself down so i don't do that no. now i'm not saying if you're doing that you're wasting your money but i think my money's spent better elsewhere um, and so then when we walk to the stand, we always walk with the wind correct. We don't hunt stands with swirly winds, with bad winds. Um, but the Ozonics definitely makes us go, yeah, it probably helps us at least 15%. And that's 15% better than before, so we use it. So it, and I think that's an important thing. test it, too. It's like, what's the most important thing when it comes to scent control not being detected in the woods? Obviously, that's your wind and having it blow in the right areas at the right times, mm-hmm. access in the stand, leaving, all of that. Everyone knows that. That's been a beat to a pulp, right? Yeah. So, obviously, There's that's 100% right. There's people podcasting about that. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's the time where the wind doesn't cooperate quite enough. That's, that's what, what I'm excited earlier. about. Yeah. That's what's like, okay, is this going to help me in that situation a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to test. And if it does, to me, if it does do that, I'll say, okay, yeah, well I, could, spent. I could do yeah. that. Because it's not like it's just a, a one season, like, oh, I need to refill this. It's not like putting your gas in your car, right? No, it's a rechargeable battery. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So it, it could last it's a not product much that could extra last a long weight time. or gear. Right, so. right. The Ozonics, and we're running the Orion package, yeah. uh, which is the nicest unit they have, I think. It's the uh, Orion unit, and I don't even know what size that what size that is. Uh, actual motor is but like we can various settings it doesn't have the i remember the old ones had more of a loud shell mm-hmm. so it was like carrying a turtle shell out yeah. there that just yeah. made some noise this one every is time you pulled up your pack every zipper like, hit that like <laughs> plastic hollow yeah. body's like little drum yeah yeah so that's what's exciting we are testing the new ozonics or the uh yep. new for us i think it's been out a few years but um and and we'll let you guys know as season progresses how we feel about it. If we ha- yeah, if we have encounters like yeah, you know what I think that deer probably should have smelled me, or you know whatever the situation situation may be. We'll, we'll For us, it's going to be those saddles and those little shelves where the wind every mm-hmm. you know every fifteen minutes Thermals. it drifts and it's like yep. So yep. that is definitely something that. Um, we're trying another new product that we're trying for you guys film, and we won't spend a lot of time on this one. But um, is the new Fourth Arrow Talon 
Oh, um, yeah. That's something, you know, I've got a really old tree arm um, that's, man, a tank. It's it, it's it the is. Cadillac. If you're going to carry a big, heavy camera, this is the one you want. But when you're running the small little cameras like we're doing, it's overkill. 100%. So we're trying to go light. There's an occasion that we'll do self-filming. So we're trying to get as um, basically as light and sturdy as possible. And, well, for you guys that know a little bit of my backstory, I've filmed a bunch of different shows, several different shows. And uh, um, I've always wanted something super small and never had that. And so this talent is certainly seems like that. Um, and it's definitely a uh, – it's definitely the smallest base that I've ever ran. It's definitely the lightest base I've ever ran. Um and it seems like one of the most solid that I've ever ran. Now, we haven't tried it out, really, in on an actual hunt. But we have put it up here in the yard um, on some of these trees. And we're very excited for it. So I'm all about just cutting weight. The fourth arrow talon um, is definitely something that's going to be in our in our gear. And we'll let you guys know how, that, uh, how that's going to progress for us this fall. Um, oh, and we are running the stiff arm on it. Um, next up... This is more for Oklahoma, um, but the occasional when you need a spot or you're brushing stuff in, uh, something's changing and you're like, this is going to be uh, a spot for a couple of weeks, then we are testing the Primo's Double Bull 270-degree surround view blind. Blew, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Oklahoma, big one being a grassland area, uh, lots of changing elements going on out there um we went with the 270 versus the 360 for uh if you guys haven't seen these blinds uh wow what i mean what 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 else do you have to say about it matt like we have i don't even know anybody other than the two camera guys that work at primos i don't even know anybody at primos and this blind is amazing well the thing I don't like about blinds are blind spots. Like it's in the name. Yeah. The <laughs> thing I this, don't like this, about I would probably tell you that. in the past the thing I don't like about blinds is blinds. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't like. I haven't liked that. But there's also situations that hey, trees aren't readily available, and I can totally see myself getting used to popping that up, brushing it in, and not having to sacrifice the view standpoint and i think from just the flexibility of the windows that are a little bit more permanent in the 270 versus the 360 surround view i think from a self-filming filming standpoint it's going to be easier to do and get it done yeah but again the biggest point is visibility if i'm out in the field i want to feel like i'm out in the field i want to feel like i'm in a blind kind of situation i yeah. I, I don't want to give that up um but really, with the design, the fabric, and everything, you don't. And so that part is, is super cool. So, yeah, there'll be times where, you know, maybe maybe there's weather. You need to get in the blind. Um, and and I, I, do, I just think at the end of the day, though, we'll find that it's probably one of our more favorite ones to just get in, especially the bow hunt pop-up yep. flexibility, mobility situation. I think my brother and I bought our first pop-up blind. It was it was actually a double bull. It was the T2, I think is what it's called. It's like an A-framed one way back. Um, man, that would have been in the early 2000s. And I when we popped this one up in my yard for the first time, I was like, they've come a long ways. Like, this is a blind that's going to last. Uh, a lot of the cheaper bl- hub-style blinds tend to have uh, hubs pop out over time. Um, this one, you can see where the parts are, are ready and made. So in case it happens, you just replace that part. Um, but it's a blind that when you pop it up, it's the fabric all feels tight. So there's not going to be flapping or waving or vibrating. Um, and with the, with the see-through mesh, you can pretty well sit down with your back against the the one black wall. There's a blackout wall. That's why it's a 270, not the 360. There's a $100 difference in the price tag. Um, and we were like, well, we want the backside blacked out anyway. So yeah, I don't need to um, see complete all I don't, around. Yeah. We're, hunt, go we're hunting deer out of this thing. So yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we're basically, uh, not, we're not really banking on deer coming from downwind anyway. So, um, anyway, uh, so that's, that's a blind that we've got that we're, you know, if I was to tell you guys what's the go-to blind right now, that's the one right now that I've found that I really like it. We're looking at it popped up in my backyard right now, letting it air out. And it's, it's a legit blind. No, I'm, I'm pumped for it. It'll be fun. It's not, yeah. And it, it comes with a, a nice bag too. Like shoulder straps, everything, just throw it on your back, and yeah, it's uh, and and the chairs, um, you know, blind chairs are another big thing. Uh, I've always tried to go with a light chair that's not going to be big, bulky, but where you issue, can still the issue shoot with your those bow. Is most times they don't last; they don't have great support. Yeah, you, you it's like you got to give up. Like when you go light, you have to give up the rest of the Comfort. features that you would like. Yeah. But it's, and we got that double bowl ground blind tri stool, um, which is stationary. It's not the pivot one. Um, I haven't sat in it for hours, but just a quick five minutes. Yeah, it's comfy. I can see where it would certainly work. Sat, and getting in position to shoot would be really pretty easy within well, a, within a blind. My daughter loves the outside so far, like I do, and I have spent a couple hours sitting in that thing. Uh, one day I was in it probably off and on for a couple hours as she was in the front yard, and I was in it, and it is comfortable, mm-hmm. way more comfortable than a lot of the other little cheap ones that I've set in. So that's my favorite so far outside of uh, outside of setting in it a lot this fall. I can already tell that it's, it's out of the tri-stools for blinds it's probably up there for my favorite so that's definitely if you guys are looking for a pop-up blind with chairs you know it has a little bit heavier price tag than your cheap ones that you go and get at walmart but i think this is one that's going to last for a lot of seasons and you're going to be a lot more even the fabric doesn't have the shine to it like it's more of a cloth type uh cloth type blind so it doesn't shine as much um Next one that we're testing for you guys, the lacrosse boots. Uh, I think we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but we're going to be wearing, I know we're going to be, I'm planning on wearing both of them through hunting season, and we'll talk about the next one after lacrosse, but we're wearing both of them. I'm going to wear them both through through the fall, and which one I don't like the most will probably be turned into my everyday wearing boots. Or one of my everyday wearing boots, um, but the Lacrosse Lodestar mm-hmm. is uh, a new boot, leather boot that Lacrosse came out with this year. That uh, um, is, uh, you know, it looks like a pretty awesome boot. Um, it's not the super high, tall mid calf boot. Was it seven inch? I'm looking Versus here. Nine. Yeah, it's a seven-inch um, brown boot, not camo that yeah, we have. Which I think that that just that aspect it it lends itself to a little bit more uh, lightweight, airy feel. Like you're, I I don't really feel like I'm going to sweat in them. Obviously, yeah. they're uninsulated. But that was one of my biggest like complaints with the Danners that we wore last year. Yes, was they're an eight-inch, but it feels like they're taller. Like they go, even though it's only an inch, it just feels like it goes higher up your. Uh, much higher up your calf or your shin where early season it's like man my, I feel like I'm hot down there on my well, on think, my calves you know it's it's tries that balance between if you're gonna have a boot that that's tall obviously the lacing up like you got to have the support too and so you lace it up tighter and just doesn't breathe but the only way to just do that is buy a shorter boot and so yeah. trying out these load stars uh, this year, I think it's going to help solve that aspect. But it's still, it looks like a lightweight. I, I do like the um, the ag- more aggressive tread to it. Um, yeah. I feel like that, you know, getting in that tree stands, in the saddles, um, hanging up in the trees for a while, that, that aspect's probably going to be pretty nice. Yeah. I, this boot is a little stiffer out of the box. I noticed that, like, when you put the, the lacrosse on, you're kind of like, there's a there's a break-in period for this boot. Um, not to say that's a bad thing, because I'll compare it to the next boot that we're testing is the Dana Recurves. And that boot is like, pull out of the box, put it on your Ugh, foot, it's a walk five miles. It's a glove. Like, it might be... I, my biggest fear with the I'm Dana Recurve is durability. I'm not hunting out of that one. Really? 
I, I wore it. <laughs> I took it to the East Coast this, this week. Really? I did. I, I did. thought you were turning the Danner pronghorns into everyday wearing boots. I, that so you're too. just hoarding all these boots into everyday boots. Everyday boot. Like, I, I, I put that boot on. I was like, this boot, I don't want to just put it into the category of hunting. Like, yeah. It was one of those ones where... Like you said, there's there's no break-in period, and it's it's truthfully glove-fitting, and you can walk and go and take off with comfort, ease. Like, it, it's a perfect wearing boot, I think. So... Compare, like, if you will, compare it to last year we wore the pronghorn. Yep. Hunting. That That is a, like, very nice, solid, like, rigid boot. I love the sole on that boot, but I think that I, I've had days where, especially running a chainsaw up and down hills, like it can be almost to the point of like, dang, that's, this is like my my foot is tired. <laughs> yeah, it's a little heavier, but that recurve is like the middle ground between it and the load start. Load start, I think, is going to make a great early season October. Um, hunting boot i feel like that's going to be a really so good i'm, fit I'm for in it. a different camp on the on the whole thought process in this huh. because What's your t- well, i think i think everyone's a lot and the danner recurve reminds me of the danner mountain 600 which i wore for a year and a half consulting anybody who knows i mean you guys follow us you know how much consulting we do which is a lot of walking put a lot of various lot terrain of and that boot, as soon as you put it on, was comfortable. Like, I can walk five miles in this boot and not have to worry about blisters. The issue with that is durability. Longevity of that boot hmm. isn't going to last. Um, the So the lacrosse, to me, being a stiffer boot, is going to have a break-in period where I'm like, I can wear this one for a long, many years, this boot may may last, um, but it may take a while to get comfortable. Um, and so, what I felt like, why I'm excited to wear the recurve hunting is because I can jump up in a saddle and be like, "This boot is comfortable," and I'm not sitting here going, "I can't wait for these boots to be broke in." I'm going to be already comfortable, and so. I'm going to wear them both, see which ones I like best, and which one probably doesn't make the cut for hunting is probably going to be turned into a consulting boot in January, February. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you'd go wrong with either one of them. It's personal no, preference. I think I think it is. Wow. That's, that was loud in the background yeah. there. I think it's definitely um, a personal, that's personal a, preference. That's a neighbor deal. with a Mustang GT for oh. you guys wondering what that sound is. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. Don't That's think that guy's neighbor. a hunter. <laughs> um, he spends his money on cars. We spend ours on hunting gear. H- hunting boots. <laughs> yeah, on hunting boots. And so, you know, I, I, to me, uh, I'm, I, th- I'll go out on a limb and say the the recurve has the potential to be my favorite boot out of all the boots. Danner Pronghorn, Dan, uh, Lacrosse Lodestar, um, Danner Mountains. Um, uh, all kinds of different things, uh, but that that recurve to me seems as soon as you put it on, it's amazing. It and I think like it's ten dollars cheaper if I remember right. I think I it's it two hundred and twenty for the lacrosse, and it's two ten for the Danner. Here's the thing: I think that that like with the leather of let's say the pronghorn and the re- the recurve, yeah, you're gonna see some, if you will, blemishes or this and that rather quickly because that leather is relatively soft. Yeah, I feel like once you get it broke in like overall. There's some like, if you will, s- scratches and stuff from the pronghorns. I wore the my mine looks bad, tar out of them. But like overall, I don't feel like I've lost any sort of support or anything like that. Waterproof. Them, they're still no, waterproof. waterproof. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like they they they, they look like they're worn because they. If have I been, was going west, I would probably wear the pronghorn. I would too because it's eight inch. It's more durability or it's more stability for my ankles. Yep, I would um, too. For you know, kind of a hybrid between whitetail and west, I might lean more towards the Lodestar from Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But for whitetail, 
you know, early season. And I, to and, and from the stand. If you want to listen to why we wear hiking boots early season, in in short, we just think we sweat less by wearing hiking boots rather than, than rubber boots. I feel like the rubber boot game is a little bit – we wear rubber boots later on, but I feel like the have to wear rubber boots for whitetails a little bit kind of – how do I say that? It's just, I think it's overkill. I think it's a little, yeah, we've been force-fed thinking that we have to do it. In reality, we just sweat more wearing them. So we don't wear rubber boots early season, um, and we wear lightweight hunting, uh, hiking boots, leather boots. And so it's going to be Lacrosse Lodestar or Danner Recurve. If you haven't yep. seen the Danner Recurves, we saw them first in WTF. And they're like, Slick boot. <laughs> as soon as we looked at them, we're like, what is the name of that boot? Yeah, I think everyone's eyes are just naturally uh, appealed. Um, drawn to that boot, let's say. Yeah. It, it's got a very classic boot look to it, but then it's like, I can imagine with the, the lightweight, just basic construction of this thing, it's going to be a super well-fitting boot. And it, it's honestly, it's lived up to kind of that first impression of, oh, that's a good boot. It's lived up to that so and far. And you know one thing about the tread on the cross, because I'm looking at pictures of it right now. You looked at it going, I think that that's like, I really like that aggressive tread. I looked at it and was like, I can see myself like climbing pegs, like almost like a toe pick on a, on a skate, like where you're like always catch it when you're not ready for it to be caught. Like, I feel like it, I'm worried it might be a little too aggressive for in a tree stand or in a saddle. But well, see, I like the, uh, you, you wear knee pads on the saddle and like kind of take pressure off, um, of like your your feet and pushing against the saddle, where just a, the personal preference, I tend to stand up more. Yeah, that's why I'm like you know having those to be able to lock in and kind of move around that base a little bit more, or you know pop one knee, take pressure off both leg, whatever. And I just feel like I'm they're gonna hopefully lock me in a little bit better for that. Yep. All but right. It'll be interesting to see. We'll have two different takes on it. For sure. Um. Next one, first light. Uh, we had Kevin Harlander on a couple about a month ago, I'd say, yep. um, and we're kind of going into another fall of wearing first light. We are testing some new gear, some new products uh, for ourselves. Um, one of the big ones is zip off base layers. So yep. We're both excited. So we've got the furnace boot top zip off long johns. Yep. So it, it kind of hits you mid calf feels a little goofy when it's the only thing you have on or you're getting dressed you're like um did somebody put these in the dryer and shrink them up where's the other portion but if you're wearing a wool sock ideas it's going to go right over the top of the wool sock and when you zip them on in the morning or zip them off you don't have to take your boot off and so that's something that i'm super super excited about um because last year i mean we were warm all fall but there was like i could tweak and have a base layer on or take it off and avoid that really like uncomfortable time of having to strip down completely to put base layers on. And they answered that with the zip off um, long johns. So that, that's a product I'm excited to test. The, the other one that I guess I'm excited to, to test and, and um, I've always been a, a bigger fan of layering with a vest, but having that sawtooth hybrid vest is awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I think because yeah. the vest, the way it, it has different insulation across the, thing, the, the the vest itself, like in the areas that need it the most, it's not just this, okay, it's a, it's like a boot. It's not like it's all just a 600-gram insulation. Like It's got insulation where it, you need some, but then where it doesn't need it, it doesn't have it. Yeah. And that's like, whoa, I'm, that just makes sense. So you got the vest. I've got the jacket. I'm excited yep. to try the jacket. Uh, wore one during turkey season a good amount and uh-huh. fell in love with it. Yep. Um, and so that's another one that I'm just uh, the sawtooth vest yep. and jacket are we're excited to try. Um, trying to think if there's any. I've got some of their guide like gloves that mm-hmm. I'm excited to try. Um, but outside of that, I don't think there's any. Uh, I've got the sanctuary. Uh, I had the right. I had the uh, solitude or I had the solitude. Love that. But late season, especially like Oklahoma or maybe oh, – doesn't get cold there. Uh, I'm just thinking like <laughs> if it gets really, I'm really kidding. windy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and Which so and the f- I had to get another. I needed another heavy set because my dad is going to hunt with me a good amount, hopefully this fall with a crossbow. Yeah. And so, um, I've got now sanctuary and the solitude, so I can test between the two and tell you which one I like. In in the garage, kind of prepping, washing, trying them both on. I like the solitude better, but you can definitely tell that the sanctuary is w- is warmer. Um, there's like this, and I mean, like, we've been in cold before, but we also <laughs> weren't. We haven't been hunting late season. Let's say Wisconsin, no. Minnesota. I New think York, that's where it would be amazing. I think I think it is so applicable to to those areas for a yeah. much longer time period. Yeah, but I think I think you you know, and you'll and and probably at the end of the fall say solitude for for us here is probably perfect yeah. but if you're in worse conditions it's only going to get better with that with yeah. that sanctuary yeah and i got it uh you know i think with the furnace base layers and like a vest or pant and the solitude i could set through single digits but if we're cook like up a turkey north <laughs> and it's like i'm gonna i need i need a little bit more or i need more windproof type scenario yeah. then i'll go with the sanctuary but um that's kind of it's got cushion i mean yeah. it's got it has got it feels some like insulation. i'm putting on a sleeping bag i, I mean yeah like it's, that's been fitted for a coat and pants so that's that's kind of exciting another thing we're testing and we've already had our hands on one since march but uh we're going to be wearing using the new tethered phantom this mm-hmm. fall which has got a little mm-hmm. bit of a tweak compared to last year's mantis that we use we love the mantis um, but we're testing the Phantom to see how we like it. Um, the adjustable bridge is adjustable one of the bigger, bridge. big key features, I think, yeah. to it. And I feel like, comparatively speaking, between the two, it's probably. I felt like there was a little bit more support on your back, your lower back. Yeah, like there's a little bit more rigid along along the the waistline. Somebody's the got back. the music jamming. Somebody. I don't know if they heard that in the background, but um, but that I mean, regardless, the if it's as good. Or slightly better, like people are saying, comparatively speaking to the Mantis, I'm going to love it. Yeah. There's just a few little tweaks. You know, it feels like it's more rigid, like you said. Like, the the Mantis, you're going to you wad it up and throw it in the bag. But the, the Phantom is a little bit stiffer. And I think hip pinch that people yep. talk about, yep. I think it's going to help with that. We're not going to go into that. There's a bajillion podcasts talking about saddle hunting right now. So... We're just going to be using it in our typical snooty private land hunting, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and see how we like it. Oh, I I, I think I think we'll like. We'll we'll be reporting back yeah. on that. And I think one of the big questions that we're getting from our clients and friends is, is it worth the additional money to get the Phantom, or should I buy a used Manus? And that's hopefully yeah. something we can answer this fall. Yeah. Um. Broadheads. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no! We're, what part of the podcast? So we're so we're forty one minutes in with the intro. So forty three uh, mark it forty three yeah. minute mark. That's when we get into the debatable. Um, what are the top broad broadheads? Because we're gonna give you guys something that is not f- not cool anymore. Apparently, from well, I, what I social don't think media it, I don't tells think, us. Yeah, I mean everyone knows that there's stuff that's super trendy or whatever. But I think at the end of the day. Everything comes back to, and everyone can agree on. Man, you gotta you gotta go with what you're comfortable with, and, and I what think, works for you. Yeah, and I think that you know, the, how many times have you heard the the what's the best caliber rifle? What's the best broadhead? Like, hey, guess what? At the end of the day, yeah, there's a, there's a whole ton of rifles that work, and there's a whole ton of broadheads that work, and setups, and this and that. But here's what I am going to shoot. And I feel like is the most important because I've I've been asked quite a few times uh, this year of like, hey, are you changing up your setup? Are you changing this? Um, I did change arrows, but not yeah. because of to go uh, a more heavier arrow front of center kind of thing. It was because I was shooting outserts and I didn't want to mess with those pulling out of targets anymore. They're frustrating. So yeah. like. Screw You're, that. So you no, were shooting changing, blood sport impacts. That's what that. I'm still shooting. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they do have that outsert that's just yep. a pain. I, I do not like it. 
But uh, you've got a lot. You've got some arrows that. But that you need to shoot blood through. sport impact is a very tough arrow. Oh, it's I, it's a strong, strong arrow. Man, I've shot. I don't. There was one arrow. I think I shot six or seven deer with the same arrow, and uh, finally I, I, I ended up knock it on on toughness at all. Yeah, but that that outs her. What is yeah. uh, what is the new arrow? Well, no, no, no. Okay, so that's the next question. But okay, what is the broad edge you're shooting this year? Oh, I'm shooting the Rage. Rage what? Just your your typical Rage. Oh, the Rage Classic, like the two, two blades. Inch. Yeah. Yep. The one that were on discount at Bass Pro. Yeah. 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 That they Bass Pro Fall Hunting Classic sold them for twenty five like, bucks or something, something for a like three that. pack. I, I had so some from le- last year, whatever left over. That's what I'm shooting. Um, I mean, I shot them through the t- the targets like. 15 times this year practicing so they're ready to go oh I'm kidding. <laughs> oh i was like yikes <laughs> totally kidding no here's here's Shoot and here's the reason why. place <laughs> here's here's the reason why i haven't had an issue of ever like not being able to recover on a shot that was where it should have been they fly great yeah. I, I think i think you, again it's kind of like the toughness of that that one arrows well, so hardly, do fixed blades. I don't think you can hardly what beat the way uh, that shoots just ready to rock and roll. Um, but I've, I've never lost an animal with it. And so it's made me mm-hmm. very comfortable and confident yeah. in that. But I think, at the again, at the end of the day, there's a lot of um, differences in the way that people are just tending to aim on whitetails. Yeah. And I think that there's a strong, strong difference and the way a bullet works, and the way an arrow works. And so I feel like by trying not to merge the two of those together, let's say, um, and just realizing that I want a large cutting diameter for a little bit of added insurance, and I want an arrow to um, definitely do a lot of slicing, I'm sticking with the Rage. I haven't lost one yet. So I'm shooting Rage hypodermics. I've shot... The Rage Hypodermics for three, four years now, since we started Land of Legacy. Um, so this is going on our fourth fall? Yeah, fourth fall. So I've shot Rage Hypodermics. I have thrown in some of the classics that you're using um, as I had them left over or still had them yeah. in the inventory. But um, the Rage Hypodermics are one of my favorite broadheads. We're shooting two-blade expandable. Yeah, we know it's not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said... You came You came to, when we first hunted together in 2011, I was shooting the broadheads that you're shooting now, that first mm-hmm. Rage two-blade classic. And at that point, you were shooting a, a fixed blade. Three, yeah, it was and, an inch and seven-eighths or something. No, it wasn't that big. No. It was an inch and one-eighth is typically. Uh, it was a little bit bigger now. It's typically one of the common ones for it, that it, particular it was, yeah broadhead that you were using and i remember shooting a shot of doe and the blood trail was just ridiculous it was a pass through so it was there's a double lung pass through exit any and here's the thing any broadhead where you hit that deer would have killed it i could i would have killed that deer with a field tip right where i hit her but but at the end of the day that's not what it came down to it was like wow there's uh just an enormous blood trail um, the arrow hit where it should have, but the broadhead did something that many other broadheads wouldn't have done. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of two-inch expandable broadheads that could replicate that very easy. I don't have experience with other ones because I was like, heck, here's a broadhead that works very well and yeah. I'm just going to shoot it. Yeah. I... I, I I'll probably lose a stinking deer because I said it this year, but at the end of the day, I I haven't. And 2000, I, I'm trying to remember the first year I started because it was not Rage that I first used, used two blade expandables. It was it was a different company. I say that I say that wrong. I've used other two inch expandable. Yeah, but the classic works. Yeah. Very well. I think I shot a two-blade expandable in the mid-2000s when I was in college. was the first time I got my hands on one. Um, and I have not had a – I've not lost many deer in the course of that time. Uh, and I made some bad shots. Everybody remember, knows I've shot some deer and livers, <laughs> and I've hit some guts. Well, 
and I've found them. But, a, but uh, that's that's the whole point. It's it's not only just just my experience. Obviously, we've we've hunted a, a crap ton, but I've seen you shoot deer. Was like, oh crap, that was not a good shot. Yeah. But at the end of the day, deer was we dead. Went and found that deer Meat was good. Yeah, like get, identified where the shot was, made the right decision of when to go after the deer, yep. gave it time, and the deer was recovered. Yeah. And so. I, I, it's just a confidence thing at the end of the day, and yeah. and 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 an observation from many harvests and many many kills. But I'll I, I'll say this: if you're a person who constantly shoots a deer in the shoulder, if I, if that's you, I probably wouldn't make you that better decision. Shoot a fixed blade, yeah. I wouldn't. I would not say, oh, you should probably do this. But my tendency is is to. Um, be close to the sh- the front shoulder, as close as I'm comfortable can, but there's a much bigger target, I think, on a whitetail when you shoot a two-inch expandable, knowing how they work and knowing where you hit the deer, there's a bigger kill there's zone. A, there's than, than a lot of lungs that stick out behind that shoulder. whole lot. And, and, and especially when it comes to a quartering away shot. Yeah. Man. If you're taking quartering two shots, you have... Two blade expandable is probably not for you. Correct. But I don't I'd recommend that. that shot anyway. I'd agree. I don't like that angle and never have liked that angle, and I just don't do it. There's a lot going on. A lot going on with with bone structure, points of that, um, and and just the ability for that animal to turn and wheel. Yeah. I've sh- I've shot a couple that were very very close range that I didn't think were going to move. Yeah. And it was a very clean ethical kill, but at the same time, it's it's the decision of knowing equipment and knowing yeah. where you can place that arrow on an animal, where the point of impact is going to be, and knowing then which piece of equipment is going to do the best job for most of those situations. My shot selection is 50 and in. Typically, it's 40 and in unless there's certain scenarios where I'll extend, expand it additional 10 yards. But it's 40 and in quartering away or broadside head up or very close 20 or 20 and in calm deer head down we've said it from i think we said it the first time 2017 when we launched this podcast that fall we talked about head up head down but um it's that's kind of the scenario don't shoot at deer quartering two ever um, not to say I won't, but if I do, it's going to be very, cl- it's going to be much closer range on a, on a calm deer. Um, you shot a deer in Kansas when we were trying the, uh, uh, Ozonics out for the first time. Yeah. Just quarter and two. And I think wheeled a little bit. Sli- yeah. She was just, mm-hmm. just slightly quarter two where I didn't even realize well, she was slightly quarter and two. There was that deer. And I think the following year, there was another one out in the middle of the field where I, the stand that I killed my buck on. Yeah, like the next night or something. There was another one that came in quarter and two, but was close. Yes, yes, that's close. right. Close. She was like seventeen. Yeah, quartering two, placed the arrow where it needed to go, and she died within like sixty yards. Yep, that there's was very, a, that was a two blade expandable. Certain certain situations where yeah, it's allowable, but I think that when you get into the game of oh, I need to switch, I need to switch this, I need to switch that, I need to completely change this because I need to do that. It's like. Are you able to talk confidently and and let's say be hold yourself off from the shots that you know you shouldn't take with your equipment the way it's set up? Yeah. And if if it makes you more comfortable to switch, then do it. By I mean we're we're here to say we want as much clean ethical <clears throat> kills as possible out there. I don't care what it ever whatever it is you shoot, but just let's say, again no limitations. Know what you're comfortable and what's what the end result's going to be, and and man, that's that's what's going to result in the most clean ethical kills, I think, out there. Yeah, you know, when it comes to shooting, ninety percent is half mental. Yeah. That's a famous Yogi Berra quote. Ninety <laughs> percent is half mental. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so like when it comes to uh, hunting, I think and and specifically shooting is it's a whole lot of mental, and you have to have confidence in what you're shooting and shooting two blade expandable for this many years i'm very confident and you know big thing you always have to check to make sure the blades are locked in there's no rattling so when you do knock on and the in the like when you get in in the morning i always do a little tap to make sure Mm -hmm. everything's solid some of the big 
mistakes that people have made that have bad taste for two blade expandable is that they've expanded in flight and knock on wood i've never had one do that but i always check to make sure it's not rattling because that's a dead giveaway yeah oh it's dead rattling giveaway. dead giveaway <laughs> and so you know two blade expandable we're both shooting rages we have we don't even know anybody at rage it's just that that's what we've used for years and arrows I would if we were going on a hog hunt I would maybe consider changing it. Yeah, We're I shot a, a hog in Oklahoma a, a couple of years ago with a mm, striker, oh, G5 right. striker. Yeah, yeah. I would shoot a two blade expandable, and this this what everybody's going to. If if I had one that I was like, oh yeah, that that I you try said, that. You said two blade. Oh, two blade fixed. One yeah. of these, what everybody's going to, and everybody's talking about. I don't have anything against them. No, I just, I just think I at the end of the day. Anatomy, setup, comfortable, yeah. whatever it is you're you're hunting dictates those those. Um, I wear Ariat cowboy boots because they're comfortable. That's what I've had. But if somebody said, "Hey, you ought to try these Justins," and it made sense, I'd wear Justin. And the same thing, like if it made sense to shoot one of these fixed blades, I'd do it. But so far, I'm comfortable with what I have, and it's been. Well, you just don't like change. Very <laughs> deadly. Yeah. Oh yeah. If if oh, if yeah. one if if this fall uh, a broadhead deploys mid flight, even then I'd say I've sent what a lot I of do, arrows downrange do and none of them have deployed. So that was probably a fault on me. There was something going on that I didn't see. Um, but if there starts to be a glowing trend of oh I'm not, I'm losing animals, then I'll say okay it's time for a change. But I had. I, I, we're going to have to erase a lot of years of dead deer for me to say, oh, it's time for a change. Well, you know, there, there's a, Next there's a up. lot of things. A lot of things that aren't left on this earth to speak that would say that they're pretty deadly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, arrows. You're shooting full yeah. metal jackets. Yes. There's no outsert on those? No. Nope. That makes nope. me want to get them. <laughs> um, and, and truthfully, I've heard a lot about Full metal jacket. It's small diameter too, isn't it? Yeah, it's like not as line. small. But as there's 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 different degrees now in the full metal jacket itself, like on the diameter itself. Gotcha. I think there's a five, six, and a seven. Gotcha. These are sixes. Gotcha. Um, but tr- I, I, I honestly, I, I just wanted to steer away. I was just frustrated by it, um, so I did, and I knew that the full metal jackets had a, a great reputation. Yeah. And and honestly. I'm not a humongous. Um, I mean, if I if I can if I can you know group a uh, three arrow shot group at at 50 yards, you know, four inch three inch circle like that, fist size whatever. I'm yeah. hunting, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if it's flying good, and uh, I'm I'm hunting. I'm not yeah. like this like super. Super I tuned up, like maxing my time. bow out. This thing, like when I'm confident that I'm gonna be able to hit my mark and my arrow is flying the way it should. If there's anything glaring, like of course I'm going to address that. But I don't take it to the extreme. I get myself confident with my equipment, where it's hitting, how it's hitting, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. It's almost like I want to like I played golf way too long. There's so many things that can go wrong in a golf swing or the ball getting from the club to the the hole. But at the end of the day, I want to keep that thing simple. I want to, you know, swing simply and produce the shot that I want. Same thing when it comes to archery. I mean, yeah. you can get into the weeds when it comes to archery and yeah. tweaking and changing and manipulating. I'm yeah, not doing it's that. alive, this swing, living sculpture. <laughs> yeah. What's the other school of thought? Grip it and rip it. Grip it and rip it. And, and, and I I'm kind of in the grip it and rip it type mindset when it comes not, to archery. Yeah. And I'll say this very like definitively, not irresponsibly grip it and rip it, but like, yeah. hey, this is working. This is simple. I'm taking it to the woods and I'm going to kill some deer. I have spent years back in the single life shooting I'm trying to think. June, May, start shooting, start shooting, start shooting. Those are the years where I had target panic. I don't have it anymore. You know why? I don't get in the weeds of thinking on it. That's that's why I'm saying just keep it simple, stupid. You know, 90% is half mental. And so for me, 
when I start shooting, and, and I think almost any dad or married man can probably relate that time becomes very limited when it comes to, like, you don't get to shoot as much as you want. Um, and if you do, you're probably have to deal with upset family members because you are shooting up a, a pile here in the town we live in we can't shoot in our yards because of a city ordinance so we have to go places to shoot as i stare at two targets in my backyard <laughs> don't look at my backyard um, and so we don't get to shoot as much and but because of that i don't get into the weeds of my form i shoot enough to where i feel very confident and i can honestly say that I shoot enough to where I feel very deadly, and so it's like that phrase: if it's flying, it's it's dying. I feel like that way when I send an arrow down range, I'm 100% confident I'm going to kill it. I think there's just there's there's a lot to be said that again there's a fine line of shooting too much. Yeah, I think I think when you try and when you try and do too much, you 100% complicate the game. And here's find your anchor point, settle the pin. Squeeze the trigger, yeah. Every single time, yeah. And if it's sighted in well, and you're and you're you know everything else is right, you're gonna hit your mark. Yeah, that's the game I stick to. Me too. I I just don't overthink it. Now, last thing before we wrap this up, Bo, this is another one. When we transition out of out of change, yeah, we don't like change or the fact that we found what works and we've stuck with it. We're shooting the some older rages. We're shooting broad or blade or arrows that we know work. Um, arrows that I've used for six plus years now. I made a change. I went bold with that whole arrow. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. At the, even you were if, low on arrows anyway. Yeah, I was. But even at the same like deal with the broadheads, we're shooting older stuff. Let's just yeah. say not the. But no. at the same time, it's not that we haven't tried others in yeah. between this time. It's yeah. just going for what works. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen enough to get me to change. Uh, last one being a bow. We're both shooting Matthew's triaxis. Yeah. So that's a three-year-old bow. There's the I forget VXR and then the Vertix or Vertix and then the VXR yeah, yeah. and then of course another one come out this fall and we're still shooting triax um, because we love that bow. Uh, if another that's... bow company came along and or another bow was in the shop and we shot and really liked it, I'd say oh consider it. But I know that triax has been deadly, and so it's kind of it, like I wish I wish like people would look at bows like they look at like grandpa's rifle. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, they don't. Like there's so much. I haven't. I mean, I haven't shot that bow at all. Where I'm like, oh, I need to. I need to like change strings or anything. Like it's yeah. still very, very new. Yeah, and <laughs> it's dude. It would take it would take a lot for me to change yeah i think uh <laughs> i that's just what shoot it really leaves well. a little bit of a it's bad taste in me because i feel like a consumer like a lot of people when i see the new bow hit the market and everybody's like it's the greatest bow i've ever shot i don't even believe them anymore because it's like you told me that last year and the year before that and the year before that like if i want to see a show where a guy uses a bow from the from six years ago that he really likes watch ours watch <laughs> ours i guess we're using a triax <laughs> Um, because we like, I like that small bow. I didn't oh, think I would, but I really like I, it. And, I like and, it. and I, I don't shoot a lot now, but I can promise you that in my head, what's going on between my ears when I draw back with my gear, if a, if a, if a doe were to bounce out across this and start feeding under that, thump. for some strange reason, that hackberry out yep. there in the pasture behind my house and I grabbed my bow and range finder. I was like 30 yards, and I drew back. I would 100% believe. It's a good thing you grabbed that range finder because that thing's like 50. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, 30 yards. But I would I pull it. back and be like, that deer's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I have Because I, I don't overthink it. No. I got too much other stuff bouncing around in my head for me to complicate shooting. I just say, pin, that's where the pin should go. Yeah, she's going maybe maybe jump a touch. Belly, belly line. When I missed Gone. donuts last year, Gone. I was shocked to have missed that deer, even though it was, I mean, you can watch a video on YouTube, very low light, yeah, much darker in the blind than what the camera appears, and the camera makes it seem pretty doggone dark. Right. And it's like, man, how did I miss that deer? And then I look back, and I, I don't even, you know, that's a giant deer. 
And I'm not even that upset about it because it's like, eh, like I couldn't have done anything differently. It was just the fact that I probably had the pin too far off of him or uh, too far low because it's low light, whatever. No big, big whoop. It did, I didn't even carry it into the next few hunts because yeah. it's just what happens. So, um, man, uh, I, that's a good list of all the stuff, a lot of the stuff. I think all hopefully all of it unless we forgot some of the new gear that we're using some that we'll be updating you on throughout the fall and uh if you guys have any questions about other gear that you would like to hear us test because i feel like especially boots that's kind of boots chainsaws things like that uh utvs there's a lot of stuff that we're right in our wheelhouse because we use them a lot um and so uh you know we're going to be testing all this stuff we'll update you Guys, go to our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. as you heard at the beginning of the podcast. Um, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. you gotta, you got to do it. I guess it's over. Well, we're we're updating it. Yeah, so go ahead and go subscribe. Tell your buddies about it. We're going to be dropping a lot of hunts this fall, Lord willing. And, uh, man, I'm excited. All right, and guys. Here we go. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.